0: marketing made easy the podcast now here are your hosts from get
1: savvy club anna geary and anita baldwin hello hello and thank you for listening to marketing made easy by the get savvy club i'm anita baldwin and i'm here with anna geary hello
2: hi you all
1: right yes very good thank you how are you yeah i'm good thanks it's a guest
2: episode a guy called Stephen, and i'm not even going to apologize for the fact i can't pronounce his surname because do you know what his wife can't which he talks about actually in in this too so if his wife can't
1: and she's been with him however long and married him then how do you expect us to to yeah, know interesting to? guy though and I completely agreed with a, an awful lot about what he said about branding and personal branding and what people think it means versus what it is and how yeah. it can help your business as well it so, is uh, crazy he uh, yeah, really has good.
2: clients just come to him as well and say like oh, like they just think, oh, want a brand like Coca-Cola or like Nike or like, and it's like, you know, how long has it taken those particular brands to get and how much money has it taken to get those particular brands that big and that iconic and and everything and it's about but also really if you think about, the thing that
1: they've all got in common is consistency um, yeah um, and we've got you know lots of our clients are like oh i've talked about this and i've, I've done that and it's like no you need to have because marketing is you know the key to marketing is consistency and you might find it really boring but you know coca-cola has always used the red have the same name the same vibes and you know they do different things within that but they've got a very consistent brand theme you know, and that's why they're like I think they're actually in the top three globally known brands in the world aren't they and one is wow. Coca-Cola although I probably heard that stat a long time ago before even before Apple and things like that <laughs> before so take I think back then it was Coca-Cola, Marlborough and um, something else can't remember what the third one was.
2: Do you know like I've got a fact that might not be true as well which is <laughs> <laughs> the second, <laughs> you, you're uh, but, marketing it very well. <laughs> um, which apparently Coca Cola is the second most used word like in the world, second to okay. But how would why would it still It's not a word,
1: it's not like the you go, I'll Google it. I think I probably, well, probably read it probably
2: read on a can in back in the eight years, early eight years. I used to be obsessed with Coca Cola, I used to ring the hotline number as well.
1: One of the best viral adverts semi you, you probably wouldn't get away with putting this on the telly, anymore. but because there's viral adverts online now, they, they use way different ones, and there's some really good ones. But the best one I saw is that... That um, it, I think it's a Coca-Cola. It must have been a Coca-Cola ad because it's a young kid going up to like a vending machine in the back of anywhere, and he's putting money in and gets two cans of Pepsi out, and then he puts them on the floor and he uses it to get higher so that he can press the button to get a Coca-Cola out. <laughs> I think it's such good. a great ad. You'd never get away with that on the telly no, you start think it. thinking it's a Pepsi ad, and you're like, "What? Why is he still doing it?" So yeah, yeah.
2: But I don't really like brand bashing. Like I always think it's not a good idea. I see why it's I not a good idea. But then uh, the
1: Pepsi Coca Cola rivalry really is infamous, isn't it? You don't have yeah. both; you have one or the other, and they're different tastes as well. So it's yeah,
2: great. But you know, like when Audi or like like Tesco will slag off Audi in an advert by saying, "Oh, our shopping costs the same as Audi." You know, like and it's like, well, I think you do all oh, you've That's done. That's just price
1: based marketing, yeah. isn't it? Which is you've always- just
2: advertised Audi admired because that bag of shopping, that basket of shopping, is going to cost that much at Tesco, but that, but everything else is going to be more than or whatever. It's just yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, I guess it's well I suppose it's because we wouldn't like it if people Use other people to elevate their status. My thing's better than their thing. If, if you
1: know, with competition, if you're competing I on price like and you're a supermarket, then you kind of got to do it. If that. it's the but same sold yeah. marketing choice, because yeah. you basically open yourself up for the other people competing on the same basis, yeah. and it's a race, race to the bottom, awesome, isn't it? Yeah. But supermarkets can get away with that because they have lost leaders to just get you through the door and then they make money on other things. Yeah. But if you've just got your product led business, then yeah, it's a dangerous marketing strategy to proceed with.
2: And nothing is pound in Poundland anymore you know have you been in recently no everything's like two pound i think you can't really call it pound land anymore because you you've missed the whole the value of the pound has everything's reduced doesn't it so anyway yeah let's get into it
0: if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club
1: use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe
2: today we have with us the lovely steve i'm going to pronounce this right now Stephen. Auergan. Did I pronounce that right?
0: Stephen Hurrahan. Yeah, not too Hurahan. bad. Um, uh, and, and look, you know. And Maybe just, if I'd don't... have said it
2: in an Irish accent, it might have worked. Well, Stephen listen, Hurahan. My,
0: my wife is French and she can't even pronounce her own surname, so don't beat yourself <laughs> up.
1: Really? <laughs> what is it? I bet so many people. Well, it's the same, you doofus. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought <laughs> like a different one. Oh, I see. Does she put, get oh, okay. It's Again, you know? I was thinking, oh my God, if you but both it, put
0: like to, she, the way the way she
2: changes she, her surname.
0: The way she pronounces it, it is ooragon so it sounds better so she gets away oh, yeah
2: with it. maybe mm-hmm. it'll just evolve then your kids will stop it will there. because well your kids the have probably got australian have accents calling. haven't they so what They've got australian say?
0: accents but the the teachers in school are now calling them ooragon so no doubt it will oh, just more who knows into, what it will yeah. evolve
2: into then over there some kind of like french slash, slash name. irish who knows that's it.
1: Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> so Stephen, tell us a bit about what it is that you do.
0: Yeah, so my background is in, well, initially it was in finance. I actually used to work in uh, stockbroking in Australia way back when, and then I transitioned into design because I had like this this uh, this career change after the GFC, and that led me into the world of branding. And basically what happened is I went out on my own to offer my design services it was at a time where, you know, the market was changing and you had a lot of these websites like Odesk and freelancer.com popping up. So, you know, the, the market changed in terms of what clients' expectations were to pay for design. So I started looking at what I was doing and, and said, you know, well, why would they choose me over them when they can get it done cheaper online? And that introduced me to the world of differentiation and then positioning and then brand strategy and it just opened up this world for me that was it kind of aligned with all of the business background that i had with the the design background brand strategy then just became my obsession i started offering it to clients and then i started to share content got to do with brand strategy and that led into creating brand master academy so today i i help professional brand builders entrepreneurs to build brands that go beyond just the visuals using strategy to really understand their customers and to position themselves in the market effectively. So that's me in yeah. in, in two minutes.
1: So what does branding mean to <clears throat> you then fundamentally? Because branding is one of those words where people know the word, but they don't really know what it means, do they?
0: I don't know any other industry where there are so many different perceptions and perspectives on what one thing is versus another, Mm. I guess, because it's full of creatives, I guess also because it's evolved the way it has with the digital transformation and, you know, entrepreneurs and designers all in this huge marketplace claiming what, what brand is and what brand isn't. But for me, branding is what we do to a business to make it more appealing To customers to make those connections. That's the 10,000 foot view. But really, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build an entity. Most people think of it as a corporate entity. I think of it more as a human entity to make connections, to make our business more relevant to a certain group of people so that they choose us over our competitors. So, in a nutshell, that's what branding is. I know a lot of people see it as how a brand looks, how a brand feels, the visuals, the logo, that's the surface. That's about 10% of what your brand is. Underneath the surface is everything that you're going to create to give your audience a reason to choose you over the rest. So, you know, it, it goes so much deeper than that. And there's a massive education gap in the market that I'm trying to help close so that entrepreneurs understand when they say they want to build a brand what they actually want to build and professional brand builders can kind of come closer to the table to give them what they need
1: branding is why apple (coughs) is worth way more than samsung when they actually sell four times as many handsets as apple do and that's purely down to brand isn't
0: it absolutely Uh, look apple is the absolute poster child when it comes to, to to branding because they tick every single box in terms of You know what positioning is they've created meaning in the market where we look at apple certainly if you're an apple user you look at apple as someone who is a partner in your life someone who you trust you know you you think of apple and you have all of these connections and associations and emotional attachments come up and at the end of the day this is just a business this is just a corporate entity that is supposedly giving us something for the money that we hand over But we have a relationship with this business because of the brand that they've built. So Apple's a perfect example, but there are so many other examples of how businesses can put a meaning into the market and use that meaning to build relationships and then to beat their competitors in terms of giving their audience a reason to choose them. And if you're Apple, you can do it at levels where your price point is just nowhere near everybody else.
1: But it's just as achievable for small businesses, do you think?
0: Yes, 100%. Now, we have to approach it in a different way as a small business. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with a client. They have these ideas of what branding is, and they say something like, I want something like an Apple, or I want something <laughs> like a, a, a Nike. And you know, give
1: me a hundred million dollars then, <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and, and I'll and get what,
2: started.
0: <laughs> and and what, what you have to do in that moment is, is try to explain the idea. Well, you don't necessarily like the Apple logo because of the logo, you don't necessarily like the Nike logo because of the logo, you like those logos because they are a visual cue that brings you back to the associations that you have with that brand. And those brand associations are built over countless touch points over countless years, with with a consistent brand experience. So you know what
2: happened to me? Like literally yesterday, breakfast on the radio came. You know the holiday is coming music that's we know is like Coca Cola. Yeah, and um, it was obviously an advert for Coca Cola. Never mentioned Coca Cola, nothing at all. It was just literally. I was like, "Hear that, Rocky? That's my son. He's ten. Like that's that's the Coca Cola advert." And he went, "He was like." Oh oh is it? Because he doesn't hasn't doesn't have that like into his brain as yet. Mm-hmm. Um but I just thought it's not at all mentioned. Coco. One bit, but it's I a teaser. It's a I'm,
1: teaser ad, though, isn't it? Because yeah. that, that would have been part of a bigger campaign.
2: Bigger campaign. Well, but I, I was like, so here I am, sit, thinking of like the Santa, the the the, the Coca-Cola truck co- getting Coca-Cola in for Christmas or whatever. Just from that l- little tiny bit of music. So yeah, that just uh, that, that's brain. a
0: perfect. That's a perfect example of how brands create assets that stand alone. create that association so for example if you see the nike swoosh how do you know that's nike if it doesn't have the name so they've created that brand asset so that you make those associations even though there's no name in the same way that coke has done that with that jingle you just hear the jingle there's no mention of the name there's no sign of the logo yet they've created a brand asset so that you come back to coke through that jingle so yeah so it
1: but you're right. That comes back to consistency as well. So Nike have always used that mm. swoosh, and and um, Coca-Cola have used the Christmas advert for like decades. And the mm. Mars, the same is right. True of the Mars font. You could just see the M and know it's Mars because they yeah. own that font. And
0: yeah, uh, and 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 that's right across the spectrum. Like at every single touch point, brands use assets to make their brand more memorable. So it could be a tagline, it could be a logo, it could be a jingle, you know, the sound that that you hear when you open the Netflix app. These are all associations created by brands as assets to make their brand more memorable in the consumer's mind. But coming back to your question earlier on, can small businesses build brands? Yes, they can, but where they need to focus on, first and foremost, is to provide their audience with meaning. If Nike was to start tomorrow and no one knew who Nike was, could they have a tagline saying, just do it? Probably not because they're not Mm -hmm. providing us with any meaning as to who they are, what they mean, to how they can improve our lives. And as a small business, that's where you need to focus. You need to focus on what you want your audience to know about your brand, what you want them to understand about the value that you can bring to them, and how you're different from your competitors. And if you lead with messaging like that, then you might get your messages to stick. But that's how small businesses need to approach branding. It's not looking at, at 20 years into the future and having this idealistic image of what your brand could be like. It's yeah. how do I give meaning now that's valuable to them that will make them remember our brand and that will make them choose us over our competitors.
1: Yeah. We like familiarity, don't we? We like to feel like we know something and it's stable so just the consistency of like picking what you stand for and consistently <clears> going out and making people have that same feeling will make someone pick you well that someone that, else.
0: that familiarity is actually something that that I'm, I'm huge on that we don't talk enough about in branding so for example if i was to walk into a room in tokyo it was full of business people and then i heard i didn't see somebody but i heard an accent from my hometown in ireland that sense of familiarity familiarity would make me turn around and it would make me feel a sense of belonging that that yeah. sense of safety you'd and, immediately
1: feel like they're your friend and you could go and yes, have a chat with them yes
0: 100 yeah. yeah and we need to bring that familiarity into our brands and the way that we do that is we try to understand who their audience is what type of personality they have what type of attributes they're attracted to and then we weave those attributes into our brand so that we're connecting with our audience not through corporate speak or corporate tones but by using a personality that feels relatable that feels familiar to them and if we're able to do that then you know we're far more likely to make a connection with our audience than our competitors who are using generic corporate speak. So yes. infusing our brand with personality that makes it feel familiar is a great way to make connections with your audience.
1: And if you've done that work, it makes it super easy for everyone who works mm. for that business to represent the brand correctly. You know, it's like the pincer movement. More people are going out and doing it rather than a company that hasn't done that work. And everybody is doesn't really know how to represent the brand. So they're doing their own thing and some are getting it right and some are getting it wrong. And then even... Even that creates confusion in the consumer because they don't see consistency and then it's even mm. harder for you know and my background is marketing within corporates and it's harder for the marketing department to, to build a brand when you aren't being allowed to kind of set the tone company-wide really which sounds yeah, really yeah. egotistical but you know everyone should no, listen not- to me yeah then you got certain like mavericks
2: working for the company that do just go off and do whatever they want which when i work for companies that's what i was just to use linkedin and do whatever i wanted and just be like oh hang on but you can now. see I- you know,
1: ultimately,
2: that is yeah. like damaging, you know. It, it might, is damaging because it's damaging that, yeah. on the lot. The yeah, long I leave that business and I go to another business doing the same thing, and obviously, all those people come with me because they're not connected to the, the business and the business brand, they just actually just became connected to, to me personally, didn't they? Which is why they, they follow to wherever I want. So, wherever I went to, which is why, obviously, that's why the company overarching company and that strategy didn't want the the individuals to do that. So there's work there to do, isn't it? If you you don't do it, somebody will go out and just do their own thing. And then you're you're
0: 100%. And that's, that's what most businesses do. They don't give the market meaning. So Mm -hmm. the market creates their own meaning and it's the same with employees as well. And what you said before, Anita it's super important and it comes back to the philosophy of the human brand if you build your brand as a human it's so much easier to communicate that human externally as well as it is to communicate that human internally yeah and you know if if we work for you know a corporate entity sitting in a cubicle where we've got no connection to the leadership, we've got no connection to what the business is doing for people, then we're not going to go into that role and give our best every single day because we hate our job. We hate working there. We we pray for, for five o'clock in the evening. We pray for Friday so we can get out of that office. If, on the other hand, you're going into an environment where You've got a connection with the leadership team. They're talking to you all the time about, about what we're doing as a business, how you're contributing to that growth, how how we're helping people's lives. That's when you can feel a sense of connection to your work. Even if you're answering customer service emails and you've just come out of a meeting with the leadership team talking about the brand and talking about what we mean, how is that email going to look compared to somebody who's in a corporate environment pissed off at their job, not liking what they're doing. They're going to be two completely different emails. Therefore, the experience on the other side, the brand experience is going to be completely different as well
1: yeah and you're so right when you say to kind of personify it because it helps bring it to life and Anna and I gave a lecture at university on to social media masters course yesterday and I was just telling them the exact same thing funnily enough and I was telling them about when I did a branding exercise for a company I worked with 20 years ago while well, our agency asked this on our behalf if we were a character in Coronation Street who would it be and they came up with Roy Cropper who I don't know that they were too young in the audience yesterday to even know who he was. it was massively like it was but, massively um, like wasted wasn't it basically yeah. Um, basically he was just like stable secure trustworthy dull you wouldn't want to get sat next to him at the pub you know and we were like hurt and horrified but it was a really it brought it to life in a way that none of if they would just said these words to us it wouldn't have done at all so it was a really really good exercise and it stuck with me in my career
0: yeah i love those exercises and when you work with clients they're <laughs> I the thought exercises you were say,
1: i love roy cropper There,
2: <laughs> <laughs> i just that's what I no,
0: no, was- no no i I I love Mm. assigning brands to things that we know, things that we're familiar with, whether it's movie characters, you know, someone from Coronation Street or EastEnders, you know, someone who we can relate to because as soon as you hear that name all of these associations pop up and it gives you more meaning compared to just those words on their own yes. and when you're able to look at your brand like that and you're able to to realize that your brand is out there in the market representing your business as this entity how much human aspect you give that entity is entirely up to you but whether you give that human entity wings or not, people will judge that entity. They'll assign their own meaning if you don't give them meaning. And sometimes, as, as you've seen, you don't get a meaning that you want.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. No, and Anna says that all the time. You've got to be in front of where how you want to lead people in how they think of you because they will think of you a certain way anyway, and you don't want them to pick what that way is yeah if you don't if you don't
2: fill the gaps in they'll do it for you it's just you know that's just made me think of it at that time when one of our clients called us like the ant and deck of (laughs) social media (laughs)
1: coaching
2: and I'm like I'm gonna take that as a good thing that they said that I (laughs) I
1: think the best one it's not really a personification of a brand but the best one is an email that said um I think you're really great at what you do you're not for me though but thanks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. It's,
0: like, it's like it's like being let down on the playground when you're when you're 12 years of age a, i like you as a friend i can
2: understand the how other people get it but i don't yeah, <laughs> yeah <Thanks>. awesome yeah <laughs> which is fine because so that's what it's about you want the right people coming to you and the, the right nothing nothing is harder than say somebody's i don't know like we we end up talking to somebody that don't already know us so they haven't listened to the podcast they haven't watched it on social media they don't know anything about us and so somehow we're in front of them and they want they're interested in our services i don't know maybe somebody's put them on to us or or they've seen one thing all of a sudden you've got to like justify yourself as to why you can help them but actually if they'd have been around us and knew the brand a bit it's not even a sale it's just like well, oh, what do you want to do and this is what we do this is how we can help you and it's it just is just easier and it's really odd when it at, comes back to that different sort of dynamic of they're waiting for you to prove yourself and to sell yourself so when I used to do sales when I did recruitment years ago and you'd go on a client meeting it was very much like that like why should you use them and you were you were going in like, like you're gonna obviously you want to build rapport but then you also need to like let them know why you're different and now, because things have changed and we have all this world of social media and podcasts and things, you don't need to do that or you shouldn't have to do that as much. And it is a, it's a strange dynamic when it does happen. So we're like, and, 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 I feel like saying, go, go and listen to some things. And if it's for you, come back.
0: Well, look, no, that, that is a perfect summary of a business without a brand. If you have done the right things and you've put your brand out there, it alleviates the need for you to sell because these people feel that they already know you. They feel that they already understand your ethos, your philosophy, your brand. And if they have been exposed to your brand, your brand does the selling on your behalf. So when you get that opportunity to sit down, they're not waiting for you to sell them anything. And in fact, it puts you in an authoritative position because you're able to then assume the role of a guide and, you turn the tables on that you just ask them questions and all of a sudden they're in a position where they have to answer your questions to prove to you why they should work with you yeah. and and that's what brand does it, it it alleviates the need for that selling it puts your your client a lot of times in a position where they've already decided that they're going to work with you and and they go into that room wanting to prove that they're good enough to work with you. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's a perfect example of what you've just said, the contrast between sitting down with someone who knows your brand, and sitting down with someone who doesn't.
1: And it enables you, uh, when you get to that level, to have fun with your brand. Because one of the things we were saying yesterday is don't assume anybody's seen anything you've ever done before Mm. because it's a big, wide world out there. And social media is a big place. There's a lot of information. So lots of people make the mistake of saying once what they do and then assuming everybody's seen that post so they don't need to talk about what they do and they absolutely do. But when your brand gets to that level, which I guess is mainly big businesses, that's when you can start to have fun with it because people do have the right associations with your brand already. And that's when I think marketing becomes a fun activity as well, doesn't it? And you just start pushing those boundaries.
0: Yeah. And and look, to be honest, I, I think today a lot of challenger brands, a lot of new brands need to find that confidence earlier on to have fun with their brand earlier on because a lot of people go into the market and they try to look at their competitors to find out what's working. They go out and try and replicate that and all of a sudden you have all of these cookie cutter solutions where everybody looks and sounds the same.
1: You Whereas, just put yourself in a more crowded. Yeah, arena. You see it in the yeah. coaching
2: industry a lot, don't you? See in the coach, you know, you see it in the coaching industry so so much. Like somebody's a successful coach, and then all these people want to be a successful coach like that. So they copy literally the, the same Instagram colours and fa- like the fonts and the, the things that they're saying. And it's like, No, you can't, yeah. you know. Oh listen, I,
0: I had I had somebody on YouTube who who wanted to replicate my stuff and, and they literally mm-hmm. said word for word what I was saying. And not only that took my email drip sequence and put it on their sequence, email for email. And so how did that make are, you what did,
1: feel? What did you do did, did you, about did that you then? Anything yeah. or did you just rise above
0: it? I rose above it, but I did create a video to my audience, basically saying that one thing that you need to do as a personal brand is to find your own voice and if you're going to try and replicate people, you're never going to do that. And of course, mm-hmm. I indirectly called that person out, who I knew was watching every single one yeah. of my videos. And after that video, <laughs> but you stopped. didn't
1: actually send them any kind of legal no letter. No, or, no. Okay.
0: no the, our paths had crossed earlier on. I knew what what this person was doing, trying to take my content that was out there, my my premium services, and put it all out there as as his own. Once I I put that video out, and it was it was really just a, a an opportunity for me to you know. Know, to really talk to the idea that if you never find your own voice, then all you're going to be is contributing to market noise. The best way for you, especially as a personal brand, the best way for you to get noticed is to get comfortable in your own skin, yeah. to get vulnerable enough to share who you are, and then to find your voice and to take everything that you know... And share what you know as yourself, because there will be a segment of the market out there who resonates with your accent, who resonates with where you are in terms of your stage of life, who resonates with how you look, who resonates with how you talk. Where and you've come from,
2: yeah. Th- where oh, you've oh, come
0: from, and, yeah. and there's a space for absolutely everybody. If you are able to find your own voice, uh, I'm talking here specifically about personal branding, but it also applies to corporate branding as well. If you find your own voice and you've got conviction about who you are and you put yourself out there in raw form sometimes that's going to get you more traction it's going to get you noticed and it's going to get you more followers than trying to go out and be perfect trying to go out and be polished trying to go out mm-hmm. and look like your next five or six competitors that are already out there so yeah it's finding your voice and kind of yeah. being a bit vulnerable and putting yourself out there is, you know, is
1: it's so true because one of the things we always say is that Small businesses want to just kind of do market. They just want more clients, obviously, because they're good at what they do. And so if they feel that they can outsource the marketing to a social media manager, they feel they've ticked that box and then the clients Mm -hmm. will just come in. and, And everything you've just said there is the exact reason we tell them it won't work. And I've never seen it work. For a business that might use, you know, a social media manager for, I don't know, 200, 500 pounds a month. And they've probably got another 10 clients because they can't share that vulnerability, that passion, that knowledge. They can't possibly ever know all of that. And those are the things that build a personal brand and make people want to work with you. And you cannot, you just cannot outsource that in any way. No, and,
0: and what you said is, is so common. So many entrepreneurs are so in love with their own product that they believe that they just need to and i've heard this said before they just need to turn on the marketing and clients <laughs> and clients will will switch will it come, on
2: like lie. You know, just, just, just find the bloody switch, switch, switch. yeah that's it
0: <laughs> and and they 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 really believe that their product or service because they 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 fix a problem that's out there in the marketplace listen your business needs to fix a problem that's out there in the marketplace that is table stakes if you don't have that, you don't have a business. Every other business in the world has that. And just because you have a problem or just because you have a solution to a problem is not your ticket to freedom. You need to find a way to identify the exact type of people who you want to help, find the way to communicate to those people in the exact way that's going to resonate with them and then mobilize that message and be consistent with that message and put yourself out there. If you do that, then you've got far more chance for them to, turn towards your business and actually, give you the time to understand exactly how you can help them.
1: Definitely, and I think that's what overwhelms people sometimes as well, <clears> doesn't it? Because they feel like that's a big hill to climb, and there's certain boxes they need to tick. But actually, it's easier than they imagine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what it is said,
1: daunting, though, isn't it? It's is scary. It's as scary as yeah, well,
2: like you say well those not. words then, and people probably think they might be. Listening if you're doing to the journey something. on your
1: own, it can be. But if you've got yeah, someone helping yeah, you along get people way, to help you. Definitely, because yeah. if
2: you don't, then the thought of attempting to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah and, and 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 i've been asked the the question and there is a lot of assumptions out there that branding is something that businesses do when they've had a level of success because they have revenue now and they can turn and and do things properly. But that's putting the cart before the horse because Mm -hmm. if you don't build a brand based on strategy then you don't know exactly who your audience is. So you're trying to talk to the whole market. You don't know what they're attracted to so your messages aren't landing and ultimately that money that you have set aside for marketing is going to be wasted because you're not putting it in the right places. If you take the time to develop your brand and you get crystal clear on who your audience is, where they're congregating, how you're gonna to speak to them, how you're gonna put your offer in front of them, then your marketing is going to be ultimately cheaper because you're not trying to bombard the whole market with your message and your message is not being diluted.
1: And it makes your life easier because if you know who you're having a conversation with, <clears throat> then you know how to tailor that conversation in a way that will resonate with them. It stands to reason, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, and like it's, it's like anything, I mean, If you go into a pub, you're just to sit down at a random table and start talking about what you do. You know, what are the chances that the people that you sit down with are either going to tell you to leave or get up and leave themselves? If, on the other hand, you go into that pub and you listen in on the conversations, you start to get a feel for who's who, and then you identify your people, your crowd. Let's say we're talking about football, for example, and there's another group over there talking about rugby and there's another group talking about knitting if what I'm passionate about is football and I sit down at the table talking about I'm going to fit in seamlessly to that table yeah. and, and, and those conversations if I sit down at the knitting table or the rugby table I'm going to have a problem very very quickly it's the <laughs> exact same in, in business and in marketing this is the part of, of what we do I, as, I want to as, say
2: that actually because some of our clients are actually they would be into knitting but do you know what I mean They're, they probably have something else that they've got common ground with me or yeah, what it's
0: about absolutely and, and it really is that cross section of commonalities that makes those connections and that's why I love what we do so much is because it's it's really the human element of it. When you really dive into psychology and and neuroscience, and you start to really understand how we make connections with other people, how vulnerability plays an impact, how familiarity plays an impact, then you you start to to realize that what we're doing is actually we're just trying to help other people, but we're trying to connect with them in a way that will allow them to help us. And and you know this this is just basic human interaction, and it's it's a part of of what we do that i really love
2: so we always ask two questions on our podcast we're the get savvy club so what makes you savvy
0: i guess I, i've learned something in the last few years that that kind of comes back to what i was just saying before it, it's that human touch what i'm doing with my brand now brand master academy i have so many uh, students now and and so many personalized emails coming to me and although i do have a team helping me with a lot of people I actually take the time for every email to sit down. And sometimes my responses are are like this long, you know, just giving personalized uh, guidance and personalized direction. And I find, and and I I ask in one of my first emails to to everybody who comes through, uh, you know who downloads my, my stuff. How are you doing? Like, what what challenges are you having at the moment? I've really found that making those human connections and kind of removing this this digital barrier is a pathway to to making real connections with prospects and mm. to, to building a business where people actually are followers. People are actually passionate about you know what you do for them and how you've helped them to the point where you where you you feel that you've got all of these connections. So I I think really just adopting that that philosophy and never letting go of that personalized connection even though i could automate a lot of what i do and it is time consuming i choose not to because i know that that is brand building 101
1: you're so right completely agree with you yeah
2: and the second question we always ask is for you to recommend a book that's helped you um along your career at some point so it can be self-help book um it can be a marketing book a business book
0: there have been so many there really have the habits of the happy brain is 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 something that really helped me understand the the chemicals that we chase and we we go after i think the when it comes to branding definitely the brand gap by marty newmeyer it's a very very easy book to read and open up my uh my world into uh into brand strategy but the thank you economy by Gary Vaynerchuk, I know Gary Vee, uh, a lot of people are, are take them or leave them. That, that kind of opened up this idea of human connection and empathy. That's a philosophy that stayed with me. And it's it's what I just spoke about in the last answer as well. So I know I've given you three books there, but uh, no, those, yeah. three All good. Are, those three are pretty good.
1: That's good. So where can people find you if they want to um, find out more about you?
0: Yeah, brandmasteracademy.com or search Brandmaster Academy on YouTube, follow the, the White Rabbit, and uh you know you'll you'll learn tons from there. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast
1: from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome, so we told you it's interesting, and branding is about so much more than just you know your colour and your logo. Um and there's absolutely no reason why if you're just a one-man band and you are your business, you can't have a personal brand. Just decide what it is and start going out and like epitomizing it in every everything you do and that's that's the key to it really yeah keep showing up bore yourself if you're not boring
2: yourself on your story what you're about and showing up, then you're not doing it enough you're not getting out there enough you're not embodying your brand enough
1: got it yeah just because you've said it once doesn't mean people have heard it and even if they've heard it it doesn't mean it's going how much stuff do we hear all day every day i don't even like my kids will go i told you that and i was like did you they went yeah you said okay did I? And I yeah. still don't remember what they've said to me. So, Cheeky. Um, mm.
2: They always ask us things that we'd normally say no to, don't they, when we're about to do a podcast or something like that. They wait until that time. They go, oh, can I go? Like my son, when me and Anita jumped on to do this. And, oh, come on, can I go on Roblox? And I just, mm. because we've, we're doing this, it's in between Christmas and New Year. Where I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Clever
1: and manipulative. That's yes. So, yeah, yeah, if we can't even remember what our nearest and dearest is telling us. There's no way we're remembering what somebody we don't even know on social media has said before. So say it again and again and again and again and again. And it has some traction. All right, then, whatever it is you're doing today or whatever time of day it is, enjoy the rest of the day and we will speak to you on the next episode. Bye bye. Bye. That
0: was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.